praise. And God, I pray that you'll move in an awesome way. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for the choir, the singing. Uh, thank you for everything done today. I pray that you'll get all the credit and glory for it. In Jesus' name we all pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, I, I pray that you pray for me. I've been a little bit under the weather. Uh, and, and, and I know, I know, last week we learned the second point was that anytime God moves, the devil moves. Amen? So the devil don't want us to hear this, so we're going to get through it one way or another. We're going to fight, scratch, and claw, and do everything. Say amen. amen. All right. Uh, Brother uh, Buchanan, could you get me some water, please, if you don't mind? Here's, here's, here's what I want to talk about today. Belief. Belief. It is so critical to the Christian walk. It is so critical to the Christian life. Our belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's, let's, let's use other words. Our faith in him. Our assurance in him. Our trust in him. We have to trust him. God cares about our trust in him, our faith in him. So much the case that he said that you're going to be saved by your trust in me. For by grace are you saved through faith. You're saved by faith. You're saved by assurance and trust in him. When you get saved, you're putting your trust that he's going to keep your soul and take you to heaven one day, all right? Not just salvation, but he says this, not only are we saved by faith, but the just shall live by Every day we go by, we do it by faith. Every day we go by, we trust God. We trust God that he's going to wake us up in the morning. We trust God that he's going to keep our heart beating. We trust God that he's going to give us the, the meals and the food that we need to eat. We, we trust God that he's going to keep a roof over our head. Does this make sense, amen? amen? We trust God. God cares about our belief. Even to the point that he says this, For without faith, trust, assurance, confidence in him, for without faith it is impossible to please him. God cares so much about our faith. God cares so much about our confidence. God cares so much about our trust that without it, we can't please him. Without it, we can't make him happy. Now, how many of y'all have faced times in your life where you could use a whole lot more faith? Now, let me say this. How many of y'all could use that right now? Have y'all seen that this world is getting crazier and crazier? A bomb goes off and, 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 and kills people in Boston. Uh, a fertilizer plant blows up and blows half a, half a town away. All of these things are taking place in the crazy world we're living in. And I don't know if you know this or not, but all that garbage in Boston, that's going to keep happening. They're no longer just in Afghanistan. They're no longer just in Iraq. They're no longer just in Iran. They are right here. But don't fret and don't worry. We need to stand strong, and, and, and our faith needs to grow through this difficult time. Now, how do we do that? Now, before I share the, the, the three main things I want to share with you, I want to I tell you a little bit about what unbelief will do. Unbelief. What will unbelief do in the life of a Christian? What will unbelief do in a person here on this earth? First thing, if you're taking notes, write these three things down real quick, and we'll, we'll jump into the, 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 the outline. First, unbelief. Say that with me. Unbelief, that's no confidence, no assurance, no trust, no faith in God. Unbelief will condemn the lost. Unbelief will condemn the lost. Robbing a car does not condemn a lost person. Robbing a bank will not condemn a lost person. It's not the sin that they commit that condemns a lost person. 
according to the Lord Jesus Christ, people that die and go to hell, go to hell because they refuse to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now watch what it says. John 3, 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Watch this. This is a sad, sad verse in the Bible. Revelation 21, 8. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable, the murderers, the whoremongers, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Imagine that. Imagine everybody you think should be in hell. Imagine the murderers you think should be in hell, the rapists you think should be in hell, uh, the child molesters that you think should be in hell. And whatever list you want to make and whatever sin you want to say, uh, all of these lists we say, oh, they deserve to be in hell. They're going to hell. They should be in hell. These bombers are going to hell and everything else. But guess what God also put in that list? Unbelievers. What does that mean? It simply means this. Uh, we're in Alabama, so I can use this terminology. I'm from South Florida, Florida crackers. I, I use this down there because we're a country down there. Uh, uh, you know what? A good old boy can still go to hell. I'm talking about a good old boy. Uh, uh, he never stole, never drank, says yes ma'am and no ma'am and yes sir and no sir and is very polite and is very much a gentleman and does everything he's supposed to do. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't do the things that in the list that we think will send somebody to hell. But do you realize that if that person does not trust the Lord Jesus Christ, if he does not place his faith in Jesus Christ, if he is an unbeliever, he will go to the same hell that Charles Manson will go to one day. Unbelief condemns the laws. But not only that. Here in, in the, the Gospels we find that unbelief will weaken the laborer. Unbelief will weaken the laborer. Jesus Christ. Peter, James, and John are on the, on the Mount of Transfiguration. They are, they are having a meeting with God. They are in the glory and they are coming down off of that mountain. And, and here they get to a situation the disciples that he had left behind at the foot of that mountain, they have, they have come upon a man and his son, and this son has a devil. And this son is tortured. This son has been vexed. This son has been possessed. And, and they said uh, that this man came to the disciples for help. This man came to the disciples for healing. This man came because he had a hope that, the, that God's people could do something. And boy, I tell you what, that is very, very reminiscent of what's happening in America today. There's churches on every corner, churches on every lot, and people are dying and going to hell. People are hopeless and helpless, and they've got problems and issues in their life, and they're going into churches, and they're leaving with no help. And they brought this man and they brought this young man to the disciples. And, they, and according to the word of God, they could not cure him. Jesus is coming down from the mountain. Now, now to, understand, to understand what I want you to get out of this, uh, you've got, you got to understand that Jesus had already given them power to cast out devils. Jesus had already before that given them power to heal the sick. Jesus had sent them two by two and they went all across the countryside healing and casting out devils and doing incredible things, miraculous things. And they came back rejoicing saying, hey, God has given us power. They came back and rejoicing about all the power and the ability that God had given them. But what happened? 
Now this man brings this boy with the devil and they couldn't do it. They could before, but they can't now. They had power before, but they don't have it now. They had ability before, but they don't have it now. Watch this. Jesus comes off the mountain, Matthew 17, 14. And when they were come to the multitude, they came. there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him, saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed, for oftentimes he falleth into the fire and off into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, he's talking to the disciples, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. You see, Jesus was here temporarily to train them to do what they're supposed to do. And he's saying, how long? I'm not going to be with you forever, guys. Y'all need to get this. You need to get this. He says, then came the, the disciples to Jesus after Jesus rebuked the devil and healed him. Then came the disciples to Jesus' part and said, why could we not cast him out? See, they were just, they were blown away. Well, now, we, we could do this. Used to, we could do this. We've done, done this before. Why couldn't we do it now? And Jesus said unto them, Jesus said unto them, because of your, what? Unbelief. Unbelief. That don't make sense. At one point in their life, at one point in their Christian walk, they had enough faith, they had enough trust, they had enough belief to cast out devils and to heal the sick and heal those that had issues. But now, he is saying you couldn't do it because of your You know what God showed me in this deal? I never saw it till, till, till when I was reading this, getting ready for y'all. You have faith muscles. Every Christian has faith muscles. And as long as you're exercising those faith muscles, they work. But if a period of time goes by and you're not exercising those faith muscles, if God doesn't put something to stretch your faith, if God doesn't give you an obstacle to get over, if God doesn't give you a mountain to climb, if God doesn't give you a valley to get through, you don't use your faith muscles. And when you don't use your faith muscles, if you don't use it, you lose it. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I don't want no problems. I like the smooth Christian life. Are y'all with me? I don't want issues. I don't want problems. That's why I hated math in school. Math is from the devil. It is. I mean, the devil come up with geometry and trigonometry and any other ometry you want to have. Listen, that stuff, I've got enough problems in my life, and you're going to give me a whole book full of problems and a whole page full of problems? I don't need this today. Say amen. amen. But you know what? If we didn't have problems to solve, our faith would grow real weak. From the time we started this place to the time we're here, God has had to stretch our faith. And I'm like, I'm like, right when something gets fixed and something gets helped and God meets the need and we're going, I'm like, whoo, we can relax now. Woo! And you know what we do? We don't pray like we used to. We don't seek them like we used to. When everything's smooth sailing, you can look all throughout the life of the tribe of Israel. And when everything was going smooth, their faith got weak and they messed up on God. And do you realize, do you realize if we live in unbelief, it will weaken the ability we have to reach our community? So God has to keep problems in our way. 
God has to keep obstacles in our way. God has to keep situations that will cause us to come and pray, that will seek us to seek his face. Why? He wants to stretch our faith. He wants to grow our faith. He wants us to be stronger in the faith than we've ever been before. Say amen. But if we live in unbelief, it will weaken the laborer. But not only that, according to Psalm 78, do you realize that the Bible says unbelief will limit the Lord? It will limit the Lord. All through Psalm 78, go home and read. I'm not going to do it for save time today, but go home and read all of 78. It's incredible. It's a cool, it's a cool read because he is, the psalmist is recording all the things that God done for him. I'm talking about from when they come out of Egypt, how God supplied their need. God split the Red Sea. God fed them manna. I'm talking about bakery, having uh, bread from the bakery of glory, had water come out of a rock, did so many miraculous, incredible things. But watch what it says. Psalm 78, verse 19. Yea, they spake against God and said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? After all they saw, can God give us something to eat? Now, before you get sideways with them, has there ever been a time in your life where you were presented with a problem and you thought, I don't know about this one? I have. I've seen God do some incredible miracles. But then I've seen situations come up with people's marriages or people's children. And I think, ooh, this is a hard one. Now, will anybody uh, uh, be humble enough to admit that, that you've had issues like that before? I don't know if God can do this one. Watch what it says. It says, therefore the Lord heard this and was raw. So a fire was kindled against Jacob and anger also against Israel. Because they believed not in God. They trusted not in his salvation. For all this they sinned still and believed not for his wondrous works. How oft did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert. Now watch this. This is where the verse is. Yea, they turned back and tempted God and, and, and limited the Holy One of Israel. You say, what's so bad about that? Because you've got to understand, there's no limit to what God can do. But there is a limit to what God will do. The word limit means this. To draw a line in the sand. Draw a line in the sand. God is saying, I want to do this. I want to go this far. And, and, and with our unbelief, we're telling God, okay, just this far right here. God's willing to do for you whatever you're willing to believe him for. Isn't that great? then how come we keep drawing a line for him? Say, so, oh, that's Old Testament stuff. How about this? Do you realize in Jesus' hometown, that, and, and, and by the way, the, the word says that Jesus did so many miracles and so many powerful things, the books of this world cannot contain all the things that Jesus did. But there was a certain town, according to the word of God, that Jesus could not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. And we limit God so much in our life. We limit what God will do for us so much in our life simply because we're not willing to believe that he will do for us what we need for him to do. You know what's going to be a sad day is when we all get to heaven and, we, and God will say, now look, this is what I wanted to do for you. But this is where you'd believe me. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now that we're all in a depression, because I don't know about y'all, but I look at this, I know I've got issues here. 
I know this is easy preaching and hard living. If I could find that easy button where I could believe everything, bam, I'd hit it, baby. How many would y'all? But it's just, it's, it's not that simple. It's not, you don't just flip a switch and all of a sudden you believe. You don't just, what are you doing? I'm trying to believe. It don't work that way, does it? How many of y'all figured out by now that you can't manufacture belief? What are you doing? I mean, sweat pouring off your face, trembling. I'm believing God. Scared to death. Sitting in a hospital room. Done heard what the doctor said. The whole bed's shaking. We're trembling like crazy. Oh, I'm believing God. Really? I'm just trying to be honest, guys. There's been times in my life I, I, I said I believed him, but boy, I tell you, in my heart, I was, I was a nervous wreck. I might have put a good front out there because I wanted you to think I, I had great faith, but I tell you what, there's been times when I tried to have great faith and all it did was produce great fear. So what do we do? How do we get this kind of faith? How do we get this belief? It's all in this verse. This is a crazy thing, guys. I'm telling you. I was looking for a, a chapter on a miracle. Brother, uh, I, I'm telling you. Uh, uh, Brother Tucker, I, I, I was wanting this great story where I could say, man, these people believe God and God did this for them. And I want this great, cool illustration story. But God wouldn't let me go to none of them. None of them. He took me all the way over here to 2 Timothy, where Paul was speaking back to Timothy. Timothy was a very timid pastor. He was struggling in a very, very serious way. He was a young man trying to lead an older generation, an older uh, group of people, and they were giving him the business, and he was having stomach issues. He was scared to death. He was dealing with fear. He was trembling, and he was even had tears. And Paul said, I'm mindful of your tears. And then he said this. He said, don't be ashamed of me. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. I know I'm in prison, but there's something you need to know, Timothy. I I know whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day now watch there's a progression here and when I saw this I said I've never seen this before I've read this verse five million times I've never seen this and God says watch this you don't just all of a sudden wake up in the morning and have an incredible amount of faith you don't do it everybody has a stage of faith that they're in right now. The moment, that, listen, when you come to God, when you come to God, you come to God with no faith. Whether you believe it or not, you come to God with no faith. You don't have any. He had to give you some. The faith that you have now, it started with what he gave you. And he gave you the faith as a grain of a mustard seed. Not as a grain of sand, but the grain of a mustard seed. He's not talking about the size. He's talking about the type. He gave you a faith that had the ability, if you fertilize it, if you tend to it, if you water it, if you work it, it'll grow, honey. It'll grow. And when you come to God, God gave you some faith. And you started your faith walk. You began your Christian life. And some of you, you haven't done nothing with your faith. That's why you're at the same faith level you was when you started your walk. That's why you still struggle. That's why you still worry to death. That's why, listen, that's why you're still at a place in your faith where you can't trust God for anything. You know he's alive. You know he's well. You know he saved you, but that's as far as it's gotten. Mm-hmm. 
But guess what? How many of y'all want to go further? You see, most people, especially the critics, especially the critics, because they're going to be critics regardless. No matter what you do, the only way that you're going to have no critics is not do nothing. And if you don't do nothing, they're not going to talk about you. Nobody talked about Temple when we had 37. Nobody did. They, didn't, they could care less what we were doing or what we were not doing. We were irrelevant. But when we got bigger than them, now we have issues. They're going to talk about it. But that's fine. That's fine. That's no issue. I, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I want to do something greater for God this year than we've ever done before. But it's going to take faith. And it's going to take trust. And we've got to develop it. Now, here's three things we can do that God said is in this chapter. I mean, this is a progression. This is the way it works. First off, he said, for I know. Come on now, get with me now. Now, listen, I've been sick as a dog. I woke up and I put Pepto-Bismol out of business this morning. And I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it now. I, I, I'm sick. Not, not really all that, but just, I, I don't feel good, all right? Let me just put it there. So y'all need to get with me. Y'all came to one service, and you're going home and eating, and I probably won't get to eat, and i got to preach again. So I need your undivided attention. Say amen. So get with me and encourage me, because the more you encourage, it's like saying, stick him to a bulldog. Say amen. All right, now we can get started. Number one, if we're going to build our faith and develop our faith, we got to know someone. We got to know someone. He didn't say, I know it, or I know something. He said, I know whom. And he's talking about Jesus Christ. Now watch this. This is where this is going to make so much sense. You're going to say, "Wow, this makes sense. I get it now." Some of y'all, here's the deal. Chad Alexander sitting right out there in the middle. Me and him are buddies. And I, there's no doubt in my mind. Three o'clock this morning, if I said, "Look, man, I've been coon hunting out here in, in here, and, and I have gotten stuck, and I can't get my truck out," man, I need you to come help me. Guess what he would do? He'd do his very best to find a truck and a chain and come find me wherever I was and pull me out. I know that. I know that. There's no question in my mind. I know that. You know why? Because I know him. We have a relationship. We've spent time together. We're buddies. I know him. He knows me. And I know him good enough that I would be willing to ask him to help me with a need I have. Y'all with me? Will, I know you good enough. If I had that same need, if I called you, I believe with all my heart, you'd find me wherever I was. You know why? Because I know you, and I have confidence to ask you. Buchanan's right over here. Buchanan, there's no doubt in my mind. I could go to you, and if I had that need, I could say, Buchanan, man, I need you to help me. I, know, I don't think you can pull me out, but just do what you can to come get me. Amen? <laughs> Amen. I'm just kidding. See, I know him well enough know he's got a sense of humor. Amen? But I do. I have that confidence. If, he, if I had a need, I could call him, and I would have confidence that he would come help me. So what has this got to do with anything? There's some of y'all in here, I don't know. I don't know. Not, not, and, and you may have the biggest four-wheel drive in Coleman County. And you may have a chain that will pull this building down. And you may be only two minutes away from me. But if I don't know you, I'm not going to have confidence to ask you. You may want to help me. You may have a desire to come help me. But unless I know you, 
I'm not going to be persuaded that you will. But since I know Brother Chad, I'm fairly, I'm confident, I'm persuaded that he will come help me. I will ask him. Now this is where it boils down to. Some of y'all are having issues in your life and you're not talking to God about it because you don't know him well enough to ask him. I walked into the, I walked into the golf course. I was, I was a, 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 a golf course superintendent down in Florida. Right after I got out of Bible college, it, it was a, a course I worked at when I was in high school, and, and I was fixing to put some really souped-up fertilizer on the greens. I'm talking about some hot stuff, and I want to know if it's supposed to rain that day. And, uh, and in the clubhouse, they had this big-screen TV, and, and all the guys at the bar, they'd drink all day, and they'd watch that and, 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 and tell stories, whatever. When I walked in, and, uh, and I needed to know whether I needed to crank up the irrigation system. And I, I walked in, and I said, Dempsey, I said, uh, is it supposed to rain today? And, uh, and then he just had a little smirk on his face. And he wasn't being mean. He wasn't being coy or nothing. He just looked up at, like he was looking up to God. And he said, well, I don't know. I don't know him well enough to ask him. He, 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 he. Everybody laughed. And boy, that just broke my heart. But listen, that's not as bad as people that are in the house of God every Sunday. And you don't know him well enough to ask him. The only time you open your Bible is when you come to the house of God. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to say our faith will never grow unless we stretch our muscles. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The only way you're going to get to know him is read his word. If you will read his word, you'll know what he's thinking. If you'll read his word, you'll know what's on his heart. If you read his word, you'll know all about him. You'll know his characteristics. You'll know what makes him tick. You'll know what makes him happy. You'll know what makes him sad. Hey, let's get to know him. Because you'll never be persuaded in somebody you don't know. Does this make sense? Now listen, we can get to know him by studying his word. That's why you've got those, that's why we passed out all of those devotional books. So you could get to know him more. Every single day we've learned something that, about God that he's done for people and we're getting to know him. Amen? We get to know him by his word, but then we get to know him by his works. His works, his handiwork, what he does. I want to show a video. I want to show a video real quick. And I want you to watch this and, 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 and check this out because this is really important. Uh, this church, this church started in 1991 in the Civic Center, not in the big part, in one of them little bitty rooms. How many of y'all have gone around the outside or at the edge of the Civic Center and seen those little bitty rooms in there? That's where Temple Baptist Church started. Watch this. Hebrews 11, 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen we're not made of things which do appear. Hebrews 11:6. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. John 6:28. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. Matthew 9:27. 
When Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was coming to the house, the two blind men came to him. And Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? They said unto him, Yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. Mark eleven twenty three, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Mark nine twenty three, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Can you believe? Will you believe? Are you ready to believe God for the impossible? That last picture is in the rock last Sunday night in the 5 o'clock service. Now here's, here's why I showed you that. Uh, you've, seen, you've seen what God has done. Is that obvious? You see what God has done. Here's the deal. When I came in 99, when I came in 99, uh, we were in the little building down there, and on this side, this wing right here, it's metal on the outside now, but that's really concrete block on the inside. And there was concrete block walls. It was like three-shaped concrete block walls and a concrete floor and nothing in there. That was it. And, and they, the, the, the people were really struggling. Uh, they, they'd just gone through just a, a difficult time. And, uh, and God began to speak to my heart about building that wing, building that area for Sunday school space. Because Brother Donnie uh, Lawrence and Miss Cindy, if, if you have been in that, that little building, if you look up at the platform, uh, one of them had kids in a Sunday school room. Actually, it wasn't a Sunday school room. It was just steps going up in the baptistry. He would have Sunday school every Sunday with those kids up on them steps teaching them Sunday school. And Miss Cindy on the other side. So we needed space. So here I am, 20-something years old, uh, young, just thinking, God, uh, I've got a, I've got a, 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 a water gun, and I can fly over hell on a, a rotten stalk and squirt the devil right in the eye. Say amen. I mean, eyes wide open. Hey, man, we need to do this. We need to, we need to let's, just, let's just step out in faith. And, 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 and it was 25000 I remember it to this day, $25,000. And that might as well have been $25 million at that time. Because there was times when we took up the offering that, that Sunday, and we didn't even have enough to pay my salary. I mean, it was a big, big deal. But I just believed God. I believed God wanted us to do this, and God wanted us to step out in faith. And this is, this is the people's response. I don't know. Matter of fact, one family left and went all over town telling them, that preacher's going to run everybody into bankruptcy. We hadn't yet, but there's time. Amen. I mean, just negativity like you would not believe. But we did it anyway. That summer, we ever, I mean, we had work days every summer because we did the building. We didn't contract anything out, and we did all it. We got it done, got it finished. Everybody was excited. We, we started having Sunday school in there, and God started growing. God started building, and God started moving. And it came time that God uh, helped us grow enough that we had to tear out the wall and, and open that building on up. It would hold 97 chairs when we first came. Then we opened up to hold about 200. And when I said, hey, we need to tear out these walls. We need to raise some money. We need to do this. And, and, and it went from to, well, maybe, maybe we can, you know. 
I mean, it was different. There was a level of faith that they had experienced. And guess what? We did it, tore out the wall. God did incre- And I don't have time to tell you the miracles, how all that worked, but it was incredible. God packed it in, and it came time to build this one. And I said, guys, God is saying, hey, we need to build a building. We need to build. And you know what their response was then? Woo! Yeah, baby, that's right. You know, you know why? Because we killed the bear and we killed the lion and it was time to deal with Goliath. Now, now watch this. Watch how faith works. Watch how stages work and how we get. We can see all that God has done. We can praise God. We filled this building up. We filled this building up. And God said, watch this now. See how we see if we don't exercise our, our faith muscles, this is how we'll get. I said, all right, guys, we need to go to two services. <laughs> Are y'all with me? Even I. I told God, I'll never go to two services. Bless God. Don't ever tell God never. And then we had to go to three. And now we're at four. My point is this. As we see God move, our faith is going to grow. Why do you think God wants to do this impossible task? I know none of us in here can afford this. But we're going to give what we can and we're going to watch what God does with it. And when God gets the job done, we're going to say, wow. And guess what's going to happen to our faith? It's going to explode. It's going to explode. We know him by his word. We know him by his works. But then number two, watch this. First we have, he said, I, come on now, I, no, man, we got to get to know him. If we get to know him, if we spend time, if we really work on it, if we study the word, if we read the word, listen, we got Bible study every Wednesday night. Don't skip out on that. Get here. Let's learn about him. As we study the word, it's going to give us the ability to be persuaded. Say that with me. To be persuaded. Be persuaded. People do not not give because they're bad people. They do not give because they're afraid. Because they're fearful. Well, I don't know if I can meet my needs if I do this. If I sacrifice this, then, you know, or they may not go on the mission field because not that they're bad people. They may want to serve God, but they're afraid. They're at this point in their life. They're not, what's that word? Persuaded. Abraham, God called him at an old age. I love this verse, man. I'm telling you, when I got this, I, and I know we're doing a lot of Bible reading, but this is more of a study this morning. In Romans 4, 17, Watch the way this is worded. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Now, now God is telling Abraham this. He don't even have a child. Matter of fact, he's an old dude who is beyond the years of even having one. Say amen. But God said, I've made you a father of many nations. Really? I don't even have no kids, man. You know why? Because we serve a God who calls things that are not as if they already are. You know what that tells me? That God is already being worshipped in our new facility. We just hadn't got there yet. Because he is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He's been in my yesterday. He's already in my tomorrow. And he's scouting the trail. And everything's going to be all right. Now watch. Abraham. Abraham. He said, who against hope believed in hope? 
that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. When He didn't even think about it. He didn't even think about his physical condition. He just believed God. When he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, he staggered not. Say that with me. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform isn't that great preacher what are you wanting I'm wanting this I'm wanting every child of God that goes to Temple Baptist Church when they leave when this thing's over with I want you to be fully persuaded that if God tells you something he can get it done that is the attitude that God the Father wants every child of his to believe. That he can do what he says he will do. Because if we know him, if we know him, if we are persuaded. Now see, here's where we're, here's where we're getting messed up, people. And I, and I know this has gone a little bit long, but I want you to get this. I want you to get this. Faith has to have an object. You don't just believe to believe. People say, I have faith. Okay, you got faith, but what's your faith in? Is your faith in religion? Is your faith in a list of rules that you follow? Paul said, I know in whom it was in a person. I'm persuaded. In other words, he said, I fully trust the one that I believe in. I fully trust the one that I know. Now, the, let's just use this as an example. This is a chair. I got faith. I got faith that this chair is going to hold me up. Now, I have gained a few pounds. But I'm fairly confident, and I have faith that this chair is going to hold me up. I believe. I believe in this chair. I really do. This chair will hold me up, people. I believe it. I'm tired, and I want to sit down. And I believe if I do sit down, this chair will hold me up. Boy, I wish I could sit down. And if I did, if I wanted to sit down, if I decided to sit down, I know it would, it would hold me up because I believe in it. My faith is in this chair. My legs sure are hurting. See, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not persuaded till I commit. I know whom I believe. In other words, I learned all about Jesus, and by what I've learned about Jesus, I'm fully persuaded that He's able to keep that which I have. I have not committed. Glory. That's faith. Some of y'all are coming to church every Sunday. And you're saying how much you believe in God. But you're not persuaded enough to commit. That's where we got to get to. Because you won't receive the blessing until you commit. Listen, Peter never walked on water until he got out the boat. You got to commit. Preacher, what do I need to commit? Three things. Write these three things down and we're going to pray and Brother Sam's going to buy lunch. Say amen. 
Listen, guys, 1 Peter says this. We need to commit our souls to Jesus Christ. Watch what it says. Do you have that verse, brother? Do you have that verse? Is it, is it behind us? Watch this. Now, no, back up one. Back up one. It says in, in, in 1 Peter 4.19, Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. You know what that means? That means this. The day that I trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior, I committed my soul to his safekeeping. I'm not afraid of hell. I'm not afraid of burning. I'm not afraid of dying. Why? Because there was a day in my life I committed my soul to him for safekeeping. And there are some people in here today, you need to commit your soul to him today for safekeeping. You need to trust him and be saved. Are y'all with me? Then there was a day in my life when I committed my steps. I committed my steps to the Lord Jesus Christ. It says in Proverbs, commit thy way unto the Lord. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust in him, and he shall bring it to pass. What does that mean? After I trusted Christ with my soul, I trusted Christ with my steps. The reason I'm in Coleman, Alabama is because one day God said, I want you to trust me and go where I tell you to go. And he led my steps to Coleman, Alabama. I was in South Florida. I enjoyed South Florida. I was, I was in between Lake Okeechobee and the, and the ocean. And uh, salt water on one side, fresh water on the other. The best bass fishing in the world on one side. Great salt water fishing on the other. I had all my family down there. But God says, I got somewhere for you to go. And he said, I want you to go to the corner of Campground Road and 157. There are some people that you need to love on. There's some people that you need to care for. There's some people that you need to minister to. He said, I want to plant you right there. And he said, I want you to trust me with your life. And man, I'm so glad I did. We need to commit our steps to him. But then, thank the Lord, we can commit our substance to him. We can believe that God is going to take care of us. The Bible says... In Matthew 6, 31, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what we shall drink, or wherewithal we shall be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye, seek ye the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Philippians 4, 19, But my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Somebody say Amen. <coughs> As Brother Kendrick said, I grew up in church my whole life. I'm a pastor's kid, so all I've ever known is church. And from the time I knew what a quarter was, I was tithing on it because my father taught me that. It's no issue. It's nothing to even think about. I mean, it, 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 I mean, it don't even cross my mind not to because I was trained and taught that as a little child. But there are times in my life when God says, I want you to give to this person. Or I want you to give to this ministry. Or I want you to give to this need. And it's one of them type giving where you got to go. <gasps> you say, if we have faith, will we be scared when we give? If you're not scared when you give, you probably didn't give what you're supposed to give. I know, I know I'm being stretched in my faith when what I'm giving makes me draw up a little bit. Are y'all with me? But you can never develop your faith if you're not willing to let it be stretched. 
Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but stretching hurts. Stretching hurts. But when it's done, oh my goodness, the blessings that God brings with it is beyond our comprehension. And all of God's people say it. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you so much for your word today. Thank you for a, a house full of people who are hungry for your word. Who want to develop their faith and grow in their faith and, and spread their, their faith wings and fly and believe in you. God, I praise you. You're so worthy of my praise. I pray that you'll be with us now. I pray that if there's someone here that doesn't know you as their Savior, I pray that they'll get saved today. I pray that they'll commit their soul to you. I pray your will be done. I love you and I thank you. And I praise you for all you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet. We're going to sing a verse of invitation. If you need to come for any reason, if you need to come to be saved, come on. Come on, we've got people at this altar. Say, preacher, I need to trust Christ as my Savior. Come on. Come on. I need to join up in temple. Come on. We'll be glad to help you. Won't you come? And without Without a sail, Jesus, oh Jesus, do you know him today? Is God speaking with your heart? Do you know him? Do you know him with all of your heart? Do you know him? you know him well enough to be persuaded completely in him? Have you committed everything to him? Your life, your hopes, your dreams, your desires. Have you sold out to him? Sing that chorus one more time. Sing it with us, church, with all you got. Jesus. Come on, sing with me. Jesus. Here's the question. Do you know him? Please don't turn him away, oh Jesus, oh Jesus, without him how lost I would be. Let's do this. Let's go to the Lord in word of prayer as we take up our tithes and our offerings this morning. This is as much worship as anything we do. We're here to give to him and show him that we are stretching our faith and we are giving toward his calling in our life. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to come and know you and learn about you and fulfill your will in our life. I pray that you'll bless this offering. Use it for your glory. Move in an awesome way. And we'll thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.
Let's give him praise this morning. Come on, everybody. Hallelujah. How many of you can feel your faith growing? Amen? Hey, just keep it up. Keep it up. We're growing together. We're learning together. It is such a thrill in my heart to see my kids praying, praying for this program, praying for what God's going to do in this place, because I want them to see a real life, sure enough, right now miracle of God. Amen? Because I want their faith to grow.